It is Thursday, the third day of February 2022, and we are a full two days post Tom Brady in the National Football League. Uh, most of the uh, six-state New England region is, uh, in, uh, along with a fair amount of uh, the NFL, are uh, still in a somewhat state of shock. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it, you know, like ooh, shock and surprise. The old fucking guy retired, but somewhat. Uh, I thought he'd give it one more year, um, do like a "Hey, look at me" tour. Uh, and then wrap it up, but no dice. He chose not to. Uh, I think he. I think the timing was okay. You know, um, it's not not deep into the the Super Bowl hype just yet, so that was good. I still think he should have mentioned New England in his retirement post, but I guess he already said goodbye once. So clearly, uh, Tom is a uh, one goodbye and exit kind of guy. Fine, whatever. Still a uh, a bit of a slight, if you ask me, given the prodigious legacy he's leaving behind. And there's your vocab word of the week. Prodigious. Prodigious. Means massive, huge. It's a great word. Last week's word, truncated, also a great word. So keep it locked in for more dynamite vocab. Um... But what's he going to do now, though? Here, okay, here's that's my question. What's he going to do? I think for at least a year, maybe, maybe not an entire year, but for a while, he's going to lay low, hang out with his family, and probably you know go to Brazil and Costa Rica and travel and all that shit that he you know hasn't really been able to do. Maybe he'll eat actual human food um, and and put on a few pounds. I think fat retired Tom Brady is going to be pretty funny, so hopefully he gets there. But again, I I think he eventually he's going to get bored. He strikes me as a, um, you know, all in kind of kind of guy, and that's what he was with football. That's what it was. You know, it it allowed him to focus on a single thing. Sure, he could, you know, could be a dad and be a husband and do charitable shit and come up with shitty clothing lines and whatnot. But for the most part, 90% of his day was was spent on football. Now that's gone. And that's always the hardest part for these guys is, is taking away something that has been their entire existence for so long. And in this guy's case, even longer than most. So I think he's going to have a tough time. I shouldn't say that because I don't know. <clears throat> but, you know... I, I think he's going to have um, some boredom. He's going to sit there at some point and be like, geez, was this a good idea? You know, he'll be throwing the ball around with his kids. Well, he probably won't be throwing the ball around with his kids. I don't know if his kids are big into it, but whatever. Um, but just, uh, here's, he'll find something else. But please do not say run for office, okay? Please, no. No more of these famous people thinking they're smart enough to do anything more than just be famous. Just enough. And that's not to say that those who do run for office are smart, but rather they're not famous and should be able to focus on on a, you know, a singular task and not, you know, focus on try to focus on a task and maintain fame. 
This went on way too long. My apologies. Anyways, uh, we have that and a ton more shit this week on episode number 107. And that's all right here, right now, on Complaints and Observations. Still the most less-than-average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. All right. What's up? Hey, uh, thanks for coming by uh, here and, and listening to what I've um, taken to calling the world's worst podcast. Why? Well, if you've managed to get this far, I'm five minutes in, and you can already see that that's not too far from the truth. So the world's worst podcast. I'm going to get that put on a shirt, and no one will buy it except for me. But that's okay. That's fine. Uh, it, it, it's not an, an issue. Seriously, it's not. So listen, Tom Brady. I got to stop saying that. So listen. I, mm, don't do that. <clears throat> Tom Brady's a big story, okay? Big story. And as I, as I said, um, you know, talking about not mentioning uh, New England, not mentioning the Patriots, Apparently, Bob Kraft uh, was very pissed about that. So I'm very curious to see how this progresses. I think eventually it'll be fine. I think I don't really think it's that big a deal. I think it's more of a slight. I think it's a, um, and I said this in the intro, it is a slight. And I, I also think it's kind of, what's the right word here? I don't know. I think he did it. I think he, I think he did it purposely. Yeah. But again, I don't, I don't know how malicious it was, right? Did he consciously say to himself, ah, fuck New England and not put anything in there? Oh, maybe. Who knows? If he did, well then, fuck you, buddy. Fuck you, buddy. I don't know. We'll see. But the bigger news in the NFL is Brian Flores. Yo. And I say that because that's a this is a big fucking deal. If you if you live in a fucking hole somewhere and don't know, Brian Flores filed a class action lawsuit against the National Football League, the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, and the Miami Dolphins. Why? Uh, for racism and shitty hiring practices, and you know I'm sure there's more to it. I haven't really dug into the the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty of it. What I do know is that this has the potential to be pretty fucking massive for a number of different reasons. Uh, he, he basically calls out the Dolphins, the owner, Stephen Ross, who's kind of a shitbag, for saying, hey, 
I will pay you 100,000 US dollars to for every game that you lose. It's like did he not meet this dude during the interview process? Because look, I don't know the guy, but from what I do know and what I see of him, he does not strike me as the kind of person that's going to say, "Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll lose on purpose." I could be way off. But as this is uh, a strictly an outside observation, all right, he does not look like that kind of guy. What does that kind of guy look like? I'm not sure. But it's not Brian Flores. And I'm, I'm happy to say um, that I don't, I don't think that's accurate. So, so that's fucking shitty, right? You've got a good fucking coach here. And you tell him, hey, I'll pay you to lose? So in other words, Stephen Ross hired this guy to lose. What's the fucking point? Like, what's the game? Oh, yeah, we're going to try to tank to get a high draft pick. Well, uh, that ain't going to work because you fucked that up. You took Tua instead of Justin Herbert. So, What? Where, where, where's the fucking uh, impetus to lose? If I already know you fucked up, why, why am I gonna lose more? I mean, I, I would hope that that was a, an answer that he had for him. Like, why, why would I lose if you're gonna fuck it up? So, not sure about that. Um, <clears throat> he's saying that the Broncos showed up to his seven thirty a.m. interview, uh, still. Uh, drunk and hung over, which I thought was like, it's, it's fucking crazy. And then the, the big thing is the Giants um, apparently already having their mind made up before they even interviewed him. And how did he know that? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick sent a text message to the wrong guy. So <laughs> Bill Belichick got his... His Brian's confused. Brian Dayball, who uh, is the the new Giants head coach, and Brian Flores. Uh, very close to each other, probably in the contact list. And, you know, his old man thumbs just missed. And there you go. Um, and he basically told them, yeah, hey, congratulations. Oh, who are you? Do you mean Brian Dayball or Brian Flores? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, I fucked that up. Sorry. <laughs> But, but, did he really think about it? Did Bill Belichick know that, you know, he knew full well when Flores was going to interview. He knew uh, that that Dayball already had the job. So he figured, you know what? Let's try to fucking screw the Giants. Just, just one more I already gave him Joe Judge, and look how that turned out. Let's fucking jab another ice pick into the back of the Mara family down there in uh, Rutherford, New Jersey. Ooh. I like I like that conspiracy theory that Bill did it on purpose, because as we all know, Bill Belichick is infallible. He never does anything wrong, right? No, it's not true. But I think that's a fun theory 
that he did it on purpose just to fucking rock the entire league. Because as you know, the Patriots are not named in this suit. They're not. So it's very interesting to me that it's really, it, you know, he may, <clears throat> Flores may have, you know, came up with this uh, prior to this text message, but, you know, my petty brain, the petty side of my brain is saying that Bill Belichick did this on purpose just to fuck with the NFL. <laughs> I mean, look, it's not true, but it's fun to think about, right? Right? In the long run, though, this this lawsuit, like, I mean, look, he has a case, okay? If if strictly on numbers, for example, 2003, right, there were three black head coaches in the National Football League. That's the same year that the league instituted the Rooney Rule, which was a, you know, a shambolic, uh, oh, fuck, I should have saved that. What's one of my favorite words? Shambolic. Shout out to... Uh, Ian Hanwacker, who used that all the time. Ian, sup? Um, shambolic, great word. Anyways, <clears throat> the Rooney Rule. Something they instituted that said if there's a, a head coach opening, they, had, they have to interview a minority candidate. Uh, and, and in theory, it's to get the numbers up, right? Well, in 2003, when they created this rule, there were three. Here it is, 2022. There's now one. There are a few openings still, so we'll see how it plays out. And fuck, Flores could still get a job out of this. Apparently the Saints loved him from what you know I was reading today. But as of right now, one. And the number of uh, black players has gone up every year since. So right now there are sev- roughly 70% of the players in the National Football League are African American. 70. One black head coach. That's fucking crazy. Let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. That's crazy. All the owners are white, so most of the coaches are going to be white. That's just how it goes. It's bullshit because, quite frankly, if, if I had a team where 70% of the players are black, why would I bring in an old white guy to try to lead the team? I don't understand that logic. And sure, you can sit there and say, well, you know, who, whoever has the, uh, the better resume, all right, I could give you a list of a dozen guys that are black with better resumes than uh, fucking a handful of coaches in the league, i.e. Joe Judge, for example. That doofus. Like, that guy had no fucking business getting a head coaching job. No, no fucking business whatsoever. And look what happened. Two years later, gone. That dude, Matt Rule, down in fucking Carolina. He was a college coach. What? Who cares? Stupid. It's just, it's a very long list of dumb hires. And now you got, like, you look at Houston, for example, the Texans. Josh McCown never coached ever at any level, is a finalist for their fucking head coaching job. The guy's been retired for two years. I mean, that's... that's so is this what, what's going to happen in football now? Is that all these long-time uh, backup quarterbacks are going to start to get jobs like all these long-time backup catchers 
started getting jobs? Why? Because he because he hung around for a while and had a <clears throat> a, a headset on. You could hear the play calls that he that that makes him uh, head coach material. Like, come on now, knock it off. The funny, the other funny part about this is it's totally going to piss off Roger Goodell and the owners because this thing is going to completely engulf the Super Bowl. That's all anybody, I don't want to say that's all anyone's going to talk about next week, but it's going to be, it, it, that's going to dominate the conversation. And boy, do, do the fucking owners in the league hate, 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 hate. When something usurps what they're doing. Anything to make the league look bad, especially on the biggest week of the year? Diabolical. I kind of like that. I like the pettiness of it. Of the timing of this thing. Because he could have waited. He could have waited until he maybe got a job. But nope. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. It's like, I'm, I'm good enough to get a job now, but at the same time, I'm burning this fucking thing down. He's going to have so many fucking players on his side. If he does get a job, two or three years, they're winning a title. I'm calling it. Just because of the the amount of talent that's going to want to play for the guy. He's a leader of men. And that's what people like, especially in that league. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out. It's going to be... It's going to make a lot of very comfortable people very uncomfortable. And I think that's where the fun part is going to be. That's where the fun comes in for us people that enjoy seeing the unsquirmable squirm. Is that a word? Unsquirmable? I don't know. But I like it. I'm going to write that down. Unsquirmable. Hmm. Well, maybe I just made that up. We'll see. Anyways, <clears throat> that's just one of the things I want to talk I've got a few other things. I want to talk about the fucking snow. I want to talk about Neil Young. I want to talk about, talk about fucking COVID again. <laughs> I'm talking about Texas. Uh, I want to relay a name... <clears throat> Um, a gentleman. I'll talk. I'll just mention it. Look up Google Manfred Gans. M A N F R E D Manfred Gans. G A N S. It is a fucking batshit fascinating story. Uh, I will not take the time to explain it because it's an unexplainable story. Need to read it. Um, there's a story in the Washington Post from earlier this week about his story and it's fucking awesome like how this is not it, it's kind of been made into a movie but not really been made into a movie this is a this is this is a a, a world war two uh wet dream to to use a very shitty phrase <laughs> to Two, two things that have never been put together. <laughs> oh, I am terrible. Um, the kind of story that when you read it, you'd be like, what the fuck? How has this not been made into a movie? And like I said, it kind of has, but not really. Only part of his story has. But 
Manfred Gans. Check it out. He also wrote a book. Life gave me a chance, which is on my list after I read this fucking story because holy hell, it's fucking unbelievable. Uh, that was on my list. What else is on my list? Manfred Gans, talking about you. Uh, give me a second. Hold on. So a bit of uh, just rapid fire takes, not so much takes, but things that were on the list. If you listen to last week's show, boy, do I apologize. It was just not good, which is why next week there'll be no show, because I have to go back to middle of nowhere, Indiana for work. So where I was, not the... I don't want to say the nicest parts of the world, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Down in the luck parts of the world. And there was a store that I passed every single day. I was out there five days, passed it every day. Obviously because I'm going to the same place every day. Anyways, store big, big sign, used hotel furniture. And it got me thinking. Businesses with weird fucking niches. And that's at the top of the list. Hey, uh, let's go into all these hotels and take their furniture. God knows what's happened to them, where they've been, what they look like. You just buy them and you're trying to sell them. Like, whoa. That's a depressed market. Am I wrong? Oh, brutal. And this was a big fucking store, too. I felt bad. I felt terrible. Thinking about people going in there and buying used hotel furniture i guess if it's a school and it was a college about a half mile not a half mile half hour away plus it's like you know an hour or so south of chicago so i don't know maybe if it's your first place ever and or i i I don't know all i know is that i would not want to be buying used hotel furniture uh what else rihanna is pregnant which was big news why i don't know it's, it's lost on me. It, I'm sure she's a terrific person. I don't know. I don't really know anything about her. Um, other than she's now pregnant. There was a picture, like a, you know, a series of photographs of, of her and her, um, the father of a child whose name eludes me at the moment. I apologize. Mr. Rihanna, sorry. Um, there is a goddamn squirrel on the roof of this fucking shed. Like, go away, guys. Come on. Trying to talk about fucking Rihanna. Not literally, but figuratively. And the picture is her. I'm guessing they're in New York City. I don't know if they're in New York City. It's just an assumption I'm making. I could be dead wrong. However, she's standing with like a, you know, a winter coat that's open, exposing her stomach. And she's wearing uh, jeans, I'm guessing, that are way too big for her. And uh, no... You, you can't see if she's wearing shoes or not. Like, what the fuck is this girl doing? Like, you're setting a poor example for your unborn child. But apparently it's a big deal. 
also a big deal. Nick Cannon. That dude has like fucking 88 kids. Did you know that? I had no clue. Fucking creatures of the night around here. Man. 80, he's got a fucking time. I think he has eight children. And apparently he had like... I think, I think it was three in two years or, or four in two years. I, I don't know uh, exactly the number, but buddy, like, what are you doing? You you clearly have uh, some serious sperm. Like, how much money does he have? You got to take care of that many fucking kids? It's crazy, and you'll never be able to like spread yourself thin enough time-wise to, to be a father to any of them. I mean, not any. I shouldn't say any of them, but all of them? No. Yeah, you know, I don't get having that many kids to begin with. I don't get having that many kids with multiple women. You're just asking for trouble. Like, that dude's, he's going to have a tough time. Once, once he stomps being on television... And I don't know, it's much easier for men to stay on television than to stay somewhat relevant. And I don't know how relevant he is. He hosts, what, like these talent shows or, or some shit? So I don't know. It's not as if NBC or whoever can't say, well, we need somebody new. Like, I don't know. You could probably find someone else. You could probably fucking find anybody to do that shit. Who knows? I don't know. But fuck, dude. Pull out. Wrap it up. Do something. Just stop. Uh, the Bidens, Joe and Dr. Jill, have a cat now named Willow. And as a cat guy, I was happy to see that. So enjoy the White House, Willow. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it's okay for you. Apparently Willow is a farm cat from somewhere in Pennsylvania. And now... Lives in the fucking White House. That's pretty cool. That's a step up. We'll see how long you get to live there, but for now, it's a step up. Willow is only the 12th cat in presidential history. I was very surprised to hear that number. 12? Over how many fucking years? I don't know. A couple hundred, yeah. Don't ask me dates for presidents. I, it's completely lost on me. It's like 1780-something, I think, is uh, G-dub. I don't remember. Anyway, it's been a long time. And apparently, Abe Lincoln had two. He had two cats. Need more cats in the White House. They, they elicit calm, and they... Uh, very good at de-stressing their owners. So, more cats in the White House. It's a good thing. More cats in places of power all around the world, if you ask me. And dogs, too. You know, dogs are fun. Cats are fun, too. Depending on your, you know, idea of fun. There you go. Uh, the fucking snowstorm this week. Fuck it. I'll talk about that more later. But uh, another thing that came up. As always uh, is the case around here, whenever it fucking snows, yeah, the hardo cross-country skier guys, cross-country skiing down city streets. 
I'd have zero qualms if um, somebody decided to literally just plow over them. Good day, sir. I also wrote this down, and I don't, I don't think I'm ready to expand upon this just yet. <laughs> but I think I am full-on anti-attractive people. And I wish I could remember the impetus for that particular line and what caused me to write it in. It was something. I just don't know what, but I like it. And I just need to expand upon it. So put that in your cap for uh, the next episode. Or maybe I'll drop a little, you know, uh, not an episode in here when I suss this out a little bit. Because... I like that. I am full-on anti-attractive people. Enough. I'm done with them. <laughs> As an unattractive person, <laughs> I hate attractive people. <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. Good Lord. So a story caught my eye uh, yesterday. I don't know what day it was. Whatever. Not the point. Texas, the Great Republic of Texas, is uh, spending an inordinate amount of time banning books. And I think I'd mentioned this about somewhere. It might have been in Tennessee, but this is an entirely different level. Texas, the state of Texas and multiple school boards throughout the state have taken it upon themselves to be the arbiters of uh, censorship and, and uh, you know, they're standing up for their children and this, that, and the other, all this other fucking bullshit that they love to spew. And again, it's only one side of the aisle, so let's not play dumb, okay? There's only one side of the aisle that's doing dumb shit like this. There's only one side of the aisle that doesn't fucking realize that the more you try to do this shit, the more the kids are going to fucking do it. Why? Because kids like nothing more than to piss off their fucking parents. So here we are with a bunch of parents all over the state of Texas, very concerned about vulgarity, gays, trans, sex amongst children. It's not really accurate, that last part. But all of a sudden... Um, instead of trying to, uh, you know, regulate the internet, which I'm guessing they're trying to do in, in droves, but, um, they've decided they're going to take aim at books. Why? Because it's a much softer target. It's not as if they're sitting there thinking, okay, well, you know, this particular book about gay teenagers is going to wreck my child. I mean, look, some of them might believe that. Because, you know, they, they believe more in the, in the other book that's full of vulgarities, death, sex, etc., etc., uh, which is the Holy Bible. In fact, some of these parents have uh, suggested that a lot of these books that are taken out of, of libraries be replaced by the Bible. So it's just a matter of time before Texas uh, high school libraries will be uh, wall-to-wall Bibles. I mean, that's probably what they're shooting for and what they want. 
But the thing of it is, right, not only do these fucking poor kids live in Texas and have to deal with this shit, but now think about, you know, the number of kids that are that are constantly ostracized, you know, for being gay or being trans or whatever. Now they have to deal with this shit where, you know, a book that they may have uh, found some solace in or a book that they read and enjoyed and thought, okay, maybe my life's not going to be complete dog shit. Uh, yeah, it's it's being taken off the shelf now. So you, uh, you can't get it because everything that's in it is wrong, according to uh, the Katy, Texas school board. Katy, Texas, I mean, let me tell you now, is known for two things now. One, banning books, and two, Roger Clemens. Beyond that, I have no fucking clue. I'm sure there are other people from Katy, Texas, and I'm sure they're equally as fucking scuzzy as Roger Clemens. Don't dig into Roger Clemens, because you'll find out a lot of shit that you probably don't want to know about. Which, you know, these people won't talk about, because he's probably a hero down there. I got off on the wrong track. Banning books. Like... To, to, to think that that's going to somehow solve a problem, okay? Imagine this, right? You're a parent in, in uh, the, the Katy, Texas school district. You come upon a book and you say, I don't like that book. I don't think my kids, I don't think my high school kids should be reading that book. Okay, so they file uh, a formal complaint let me just read a couple of these complaints. <clears throat> One book um, set in East Texas in the 1930s. Teen love affair between a Mexican-American girl and a black boy. Uh, this was released in 2015. Name of the book, Out of Darkness. The book, which includes a description of rape and other mature content, quote, force, focuses on gratuitous sex situations, end quote, a parent told the Katie School Board. That's the problem. Most of these have underlying themes. One has to do with uh, any sort of LGBTQ content, um, Hispanic content, black content, things of those nature. They all sort of tie together, and it's very convenient. Or, you know, if you weren't so fucking obvious... It wouldn't be so fucking obvious. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but, you know, they're trying to ban these things, ban these books uh, that, that are, are, are for a specific minority, specific minorities, I should say. And all these parents, parents are so fucking afraid of fucking everything, everything. And, you know, they're so fucking concerned about the potential harm that a book might have instead of the potential harm uh, that of them restricting their kids from doing this and doing that or reading this. You're just going to have you're going to have the opposite effect in a very large number of these cases. It's going to happen. Kids look, kids don't like being told what to do. They don't. I was a kid once. You were a kid once. You remember. 
If your parents told you not to do something, what, what happened? You fixated on that thing. And eventually you did it. Whether you got in trouble or not, you know you did it. Because that's how fucking kids' brains work. So instead of, like, you know, letting these books be read, because it's not as if a kid is going to read this book and suddenly become whatever is in the book. That's not how reading goes. Like, you read something, you, you interpret it, and you go from there. That's it. That's it. What, what you don't see from these parents is something like, oh, I don't want my kid to read this book and turn gay. Because I'm going to assume that's what some of these fucking parents are thinking. Because that's what parents think. They're so afraid for their kids. They're afraid that their kids won't ever be able to fucking think for themselves. And look, I'm coming, I'm coming at this from, from a place of total ignorance. I don't have children. I was a child once, so I have some experience in that regard. In fact, mostly, I'm, I still am a child. But to be so fucking afraid of everything, like books, I don't understand it. I just, it, it's something that's lost on me. I don't, I don't get it. They're all fucking concerned about vulgarity and sex and all this other shit, like... What do you think, like, how many of these kids have fucking cell phones? And how many of these kids aren't, uh, like, way too fucking smart to figure out how to access any of this shit on their phones or their laptops or wherever? Like, what are you doing? The lengths that, that my generation went through to see porn pales. No, not pails. I got that backwards. The links that kids have to go to now to see porn pales in comparison to the links that me and my generation had to go through to see porn. I've talked about hiding porn in the woods before, have I not? I have. That was way harder. Like you have to use your imagination. <laughs> Kids don't have to use their imagination now. They can fucking see everything. Anything, everything. It's unbelievable. But they call these fucking books. Why? One of them said, quote, Why are our libraries filled with pornography? End quote. Uh, come on. Like you're taking all these situations in these books totally out of context. You don't know what they are. They're literally just cherry-picking it, talking about it, and saying, this is gross. Wah. Meanwhile, one of them, one parent, uh, asked the district to remove Michelle Obama's book because they were afraid it was, quote, reverse racism, end quote, against the whites. More scared white people. Amazing. It just never fucking ends. And that's the, like, it's never going to end. I mean, it will eventually. I don't know how, but it will eventually. I don't think it's going to bubble over. I don't think anything, like, really drastic is going to happen, but 
I think eventually something's going to come to a head in some way, shape, or form. I just don't know what that way, shape, or form happens to be. In the same token, all of this mask business, right, with COVID, and the number of parents that get pissed off about masks, I get it. Totally get it. You don't want your kids wearing masks. You think it's stupid, whatever. Yeah, fine. That's not really my biggest issue. My issue is that is are the parents that talk about this shit nonstop without realizing that blaming COVID and masks for everything, they're going to... Some of these parents will, will look back on this four or five years down the line when, say, some kid fucking snaps and, you know, blows up a, I don't know, a concert hall or some shit, a movie theater again. I don't know. They'll blame it on COVID and masks. It's coming. You know it's coming. They'll be blaming all that shit in perpetuity for every shitty thing their kid does for the next 40 years. Because they know for sure that having them wear a mask has completely fucked up their development somehow. I don't know. And again, I'm not smart enough to be able to tell you how or why. I just don't think it's very accurate. I just I just don't. That's just me. I understand it's annoying. I understand you can't really see people. But I mean... <clears throat> The minute you walk out the door, you take the fucking mask off. Go in inside, put the mask on. It's eight hours a day, not even. They're not in school for eight hours. How long are they in school for? Six, seven hours? I don't know. Not all day. You're not, they're not wearing it at home, right? Now, there's way more to it than that, seriously. And again, not smart enough to be the one to dissect it all day long. Because it's not... Because it it doesn't affect me, number one. And number two, again, I just, I don't think it's, I I, I can't figure out the, the big deal about it. I really can't. But I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the first kid or, or somebody to do something shitty and then for COVID and having to wear a mask at school to be uh, blamed for it. It's coming. I promise you. It's coming. All right. I'm going to make up for last week's short episode by making this one way too fucking long. Way too long. But anyway, I need to talk about this because this is another fucking story that's making me pull my fucking hair out. Neil Young. Neil Young said uh, last week, I think, or earlier this week, I don't know. I, I don't fucking I can't keep track of days. They all blend together. Neil Young comes out and says, "Hey, Spotify, I don't want my music on your platform because you have Joe Rogan." This is where I wish I had a button like. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, another person uh, listening to Joe Rogan and, and thinking to themselves, "Boy, everything that comes out of his mouth is dumb." I don't necessarily agree with that point. I don't think that everything he says is dumb. I think only, you know, half. And even that, it might even be less than half. I don't know. It's not even so much him. 
It's the people that he has on the fucking show. That's the problem. And I think that was Neil's problem as well, which is that he has guests on uh, that are, you know, blatantly spewing misinformation in a variety of forms. Uh, but again, mostly COVID Pacific, Pacific, COVID Pacific. There's a band for you. In four years, someone should name their band COVID Pacific. Yeah. COVID specific because, you know, for some reason, that's all Joe Rogan can talk about. The man has gotten so fucking popular in the last two plus years with this fucking thing. It's mind blowing. Granted, he was popular before that, but his popularity has only grown. He's getting paid a fucking prodigious amount of money. There it is again. Yeah. Um, you know, meanwhile, Neil Young, when people are playing his music, is is making pennies. So it's not really, a, it, it's not much of a thought for Spotify. They're going to say, all right, fine, Neil, whatever, see you later. Um, <clears throat> and then on the flip side, two days later, Neil Young's pushing Amazon Music. It's like, eh, what's going on here? I think that's a, kind of a shitty thing to do. You could have waited. Could have waited, you know? Could have, you, then you could have spun it and said, well, now that I'm not on Spotify, uh, you should go over to Amazon Music. But nope, that's not how it worked. Two days later, after he fucking is, is no longer on Spotify, uh, now he's on Amazon Music. And he's saying, we get four months free. What, what the fuck? So is that what this was? I mean, sure, he might have, you know, he may have heard... Uh, what some of the, like, how old's fucking Neil Young? Hold on. Let me check the Google machine. He's in his 70s, right? Neil Young. No, he's Canadian, too. I always forget he's Canadian. Uh, Neil Young. He's 76. His middle name's Percival. Hmm. I didn't know that. Um... He's 76 years old. It just makes me wonder, like, how much of this is actually, like, him or his people or his family or whatever. I don't know. My guess is that he's heard some of this stuff, thought it was kind of whack, and then it snowballed from there. And at the same time, uh, suddenly signs a fucking marketing deal with Amazon. Which, you know, no great shakes there either, Neil. Hate to break it to you. But I think the whole thing is so fucking stupid. Like, Spotify is a business, okay? They're paying Joe Rogan a shit ton of money. A shit ton of people are on their platform because of Joe Rogan. Which side do you think they're going to choose, huh? Like, they've already gone and, like, taken some of his past episodes off. Like, th there's a freedom of speech thing here, and it doesn't apply because, again... Spotify is a private business, so they can decide what's on, what's going to be there and what's not. I just think you're barking up the wrong tree. If Neil Young is so adamant about everything that he's hearing is wrong, go on Joe Rogan's show. Now, look, I understand when you say you're just you know playing into his hands. I get it. But, I mean, there are plenty of examples of people on Joe Rogan's show that have just shut him down completely. And in, in fairness, and ah, this is going to bother me to say it, but in fairness, Joe Rogan typically 
will listen to the other side, typically. Not all the time, but typically. So you go on a show, you tell him he's a fucking idiot, you call him a fucking asshole, he'll love it because he knows that a shit ton of people are going to tune into his show. Or, you know, do your own fucking podcast, Neil. Put your own podcast on Spotify and, and, and title it, you know, one episode... Joe Rogan's a fucking idiot. You'll get a bunch of people listening to what you have to say. But, makes me wonder, if it wasn't just a fucking grift to make more money with Amazon. I don't know. If you've ever bothered to take a look and see how much money people make from uh, plays on Spotify, it ain't a lot. It is minuscule. And in fact, I think uh, of all of the platforms, um, Spotify is the, is the least lucrative for artists. So, could have been looked at in a number of different ways. One, Joe Rogan's guests are bullshit. I don't like them. Two, I'm not making a ton of money with my music. Every time, you know, the 77,000 times a, a month that Southern Man is playing, I'm making seven bucks. So fuck Spotify. Fuck Joe Rogan. Oh, by the way, get four months free of Amazon Music when you sign up today. So, of course, you have all these other uh, oldie-timey people Joni Mitchell, Crosby, Stills, and Nash taking their music off. Somebody else did, too. Um, uh, Nils Lofgren uh, said, yeah, take my music off. And I was like, wait a minute, what? I don't know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but without the grift, you know? So it, did they fall for it? Did they fall for it? It just, I don't know, it just, it just seems very sketchy to me. It seems sketchy. And again, I don't I don't really think this specifically. <laughs> Joe Rogan makes a good living having people be mad at him. So good for you, Joe. Do I, again, do I uh, believe everything he says? No. Do I believe everything his guests have to say? No. Do I really give a shit beyond that? No. I'm tired of talking about him. I'm tired of talking about fucking COVID. Tired, man. Tired, tired, tired. What's that from? Other something else. Anyways. Um, but yeah. So there you have it. That's the two cents that I have with that whole kerfuffle. There's, there's just a lot of dumb shit going on there. It is Thursday. It is time for three gripes. I don't know where that came from. I apologize. I like that. I could I could roll with that. Like a hymnal, almost a hymnal three gripes intro. No, probably not. Anyways, <clears throat> it is time for three gripes. 
which means the show is almost over. Good news. There is a voicemail embedded into three grapes. I'm saving that for grape number three. However, gripe number one, saying goodnight when you're at a hotel or somewhere uh, with coworkers or people that you're that you're not, you know, super familiar with. Goodnight is reserved for uh, spouses, children, and occasionally parents. Don't say goodnight when you're walking out the office. Don't say goodnight when you're on a work trip and, you know, you, you, you go your separate ways at the hotel. Don't say goodnight. Just say, see you in the morning or something along those lines or see you at breakfast, whatever. Everything else just sounds fucking creepy to me and I don't like it. And I don't know why. But again, this is my show so I can fucking say whatever the fuck I want. And that includes... Uh, being a bit put off by people who use the term goodnight when they're leaving for the day or, or, or whatever. Just don't say it. Just sounds so, I don't know, man, sounds, just sounds weird. Don't do it. That is a very, it's a very petty gripe, right? Gripe number two, storytellers. Okay, this has been a gripe or or a portion of the show in the past. But I think storytellers can be evolved in a number of different ways. There's a lot of tentacles here. In this particular instance, it's the kind of person who's not a one-upper, but they're close. Uh, what they love to do is basically piggyback into whatever you're talking about, whether they're involved or not. For example, let's say you're having a conversation with somebody about uh, you know, a, a place that you went to. Okay. Oh, hey, um, did you hear about this happening at such and such place? Oh, yeah, I did. I was there once. That place was great. That's the conversation between two people. Then somebody in the back chimes in. Oh, so and so. Oh, my God. Yeah, a couple years ago, I was at such and such, which is right down the road. What? What does that have to do with the conversation that you weren't a part of? They seem to think that, that their experience is so, so similar to yours that it needs to be shared. Nine times out of ten, it's totally irrelevant. I think, it, I think it's mainly people who just love to talk, right? People who love to talk or people who talk too much, that's these people, right? I keep saying that too, right? Right? As if someone's going to answer me. Nobody's answering you, David. <clears throat> um, but that's the problem. You, you know, They love to talk so much that they have to interject constantly with something that they think is relevant to what you're talking. And the, you know what the worst part is? When somebody jumps in with something, it has nothing to do with what you're talking about. Nothing at all. 
That's the worst part because now you have to turn around and be like, what? What does that have to do with anything here? What are you doing? No, go away, sir, ma'am, kid, you, it, leave. I was going to make this gripe. Uh, uncomfortable stories with people that you only kind of know. I guess I still can. It is, again, my show. Think about why do people in mixed company, and if that mixed company is like either a professional setting or not, but they're not incredibly close to you. They're acquaintances, co-workers, secondary friends, tertiary friends, whatever. Why do they feel the need to share uncomfortable stories, especially after they've had a few adult beverages? People that, that when they drink, uh, have loose lips are the worst kind of people to be drinking with. Because you know that something's going to come out of their mouth that you are just not... Re- not I shouldn't say ready for, because that's not the right word, but that you don't want to hear. For example... I don't need to hear about your sex life after 30 years of marriage. It's not welcome. What would make someone think that's an acceptable topic of conversation? Think about that for a second, will you? You're sitting at a dinner, everyone's having a few drinks. Something comes up, and then somebody decides to chime in with a couple of points about their sex life after 30 years of marriage. No one needs that. No one. In fact, I'm guessing you're uncomfortable now listening to this, just sitting there listening. You're not even involved in the conversation. I don't need to hear it. It's inappropriate, unprofessional, uncalled for on a number of different levels. And if you're uncomfortable now thinking about someone saying to you, uh, I'm not even I'm not even going to I'm not going to say this specific thing because I don't I don't want to hear it. I don't want to say it. What do I mean? Don't want to hear it. whatever. Now I've totally lost my train of thought cuz I'm so disgusted again. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, fuck. All right. Gripe number three is snow. And this from a dear friend of the show, Andrew. Hey, Dave. It's your your good pal, Andrew. It's about uh, 4 a.m. I'm on hour 21 of plowing right now. Um, And my complaint this week is uh, people driving. Like, like, you know, I get... um, I get, like, people, you know, driving around when it snows, but, like, a magnitude of the storm that we had today, I don't want to see a single fucking Toyota Corolla or some fucking four-cylinder shitbox, like, just in in a ditch, which I did see multiple of today. And, like, you know, I'm trying to do driveways, and I'm on, like, steep hills, and I just see them bending around corners, like, as I'm slipping down the driveway. It's just not necessary. Uh... You know, it's a big safety hazard, and, like, if I had the option of staying in on a day like today, I would, I'd be, my car would be parked at all costs, 
for the day. So, you know, my complaints to the people with, who, like, don't have, you know, much control over their cars, like, and they're out, like, you know, doing God knows what, unless it's, like, medical or work-related, I don't think you need to be out there in the snowstorm. Anyways, have a great one. That call was no joke. That was 4.17 a.m. on Sunday. And as you heard, uh, Andrew was on hour number 21 of plowing. Holy fuck, buddy. No thanks. But he makes a couple of excellent points there, okay? First and foremost, if you drive... A four-cylinder vehicle, you should not have been out uh, in that mess. In fact, if you were driving any vehicle at all, you should not have been in that mess. Saturday was a, was a disaster. An outright, abject disaster. A storm of prodigious magnitude. As you know, maybe... I don't know. Maybe this is your first time here. Who knows? I drive a Honda Fit. The Fit uh, was buried in the snow. There was no fucking way I would drive that car in that in that storm. No fuck. Unless look, unless it was a life and death situation, there was no way I was going to drive that car in that storm. So it would have got stuck. It would have been terrible. So, he just didn't like seeing all these fucking people out driving around. Dri- you know, driving in the ditch, thinking that this thing was not a big storm. I don't know. But he's not wrong. <clears throat> and I talked about it at the top of the episode. And it's a full-on gripe now. A few inches. A few inches is fine. That's not what she said. But anything more than a foot is far too prodigious, right? So you could tell that I wrote this part. <laughs> uh, I never thought I'd get to the point in life where uh, I'm now ready to eschew snow entirely for the remainder of said life. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. The shoveling, everything being wet for months on end, the salt, the melt, freeze, melt situations, the mask panic amongst the citizenry every time it's going to snow all of it you just don't want to deal with it anymore this was too much like saturday was too much and i i you know i'm tired of it and you know what the worst part is <laughs> like the worst part is like i'm not really inconvenienced by this thing right like i had to we hired a plow driver to do the driveway uh they it was fine you know it's no big deal i still had to go out and kind of fix some stuff and then i had to you know shovel out a path from uh, the driveway to my mother-in-law's door uh and to the the trash bin which is in the backyard so we missed trash on monday because I didn't feel like digging out on Sunday. And we went to my buddy's house to watch uh, the football games. And then, if you're on the uh, the show page's uh, Instagram, at ComplaintsPod, 
you saw my story from uh, the other night where I had to shovel a path from the back door of the house all the way up to the broadcast palace. And as I said, I am too fucking fat and too fucking old for this shit. I don't want to fucking do it anymore. However, you know, kind of stuck here for a while. <laughs> I would not mind, you know, a place in a non-snow area for the winter and then come back. You know what I mean? But I'm not it, I'm not going to fucking Florida. Please do not mention Florida. I'm all set with fucking Florida. Like Portugal, I'm ready to go. Like I'd pack my shit today and move to Portugal. The only problem is I don't know what the fuck I would do, where I would go, how I would pay my bills, blah, 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 blah. But I'm ready to go. I can record a podcast from Portugal. Who's interested in a, a patron account? <laughs> Where you pay me 15 bucks a month for the, the benefit of listening to this crap once a week, huh? Now I know. But look, and I, it's, it's just a thing where it's a recency thing. So once this goes away, you know, hopefully by this weekend, it'll, there'll be less of it and it won't be as fucking uh, drastic. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just not. I didn't handle it well. And I had to come home. I didn't even mention this. I had to come home. I didn't have to. But, I, you know, look, I wasn't going to leave my wife here by herself because my mother-in-law took off. She went to uh, to her son's place uh, because he has a generator. We, we didn't lose power, so it was great. But um, I wasn't going to leave my wife at home by herself. That would have been bad form. I've already ditched her once when she had COVID. <laughs> Not going to do it again when there's fucking eight feet of snow. It would have been shitty, so... Uh, so I did not get to spend the weekend in Chicago like I had hoped. Uh, and as I said, I'm going to be out there again next week, which is why there's going to be no show next week. No show. Like Maybe I'll do a uh, something on my phone for like 10, 15 minutes or so and put that up to kind of satiate you. Not that you care, but whatever. This one went on like way too long. I'm at like... I mean, this is an hour and 10 minutes, roughly. It's a long one. This is terrible. I'm sorry. Didn't mean it. Yeah, I did. I meant it. I meant all of it, really. It's everything I was, you know, everything I wanted to say for the most part, I got to talk about, which is great. Sometimes that doesn't happen. There's a couple things that, you know, obviously the my anti-attractive people point, um, you know, I'll get to that. But, I mean, everything else that I wrote down, for the most part, I talked about. Um, yeah. Well, except for that one. But it's not even, that's a throwaway line. Um, but, yeah, no show next week. Um, in the meantime, please go to um, at ComplaintsPod on Twitter, at ComplaintsPod on Instagram. I do have a Facebook account. But, but and this is important, fuck Facebook, Okay. I have a TikTok page at Complaints Talk, T-O-K. 
I have a Twitch channel that I don't use. I have a YouTube page that I don't use. I have all the fucking bases covered. It's just that I'm old and lazy, so I don't know how to use any of them. Not just that. I don't know what I... What what would I do with those? Like the Twitch channel. Like, does somebody actually want to watch me do this? I don't know. Probably not, but who knows. I, I should try it. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um... <clears throat> I have a website, uh, complaintsandobservations.com. I typically uh, write a blog every Friday. I did not do one last week uh, because I was traveling. Was I traveling? Yes, I was traveling, uh, and then it snowed. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, I got through the whole fucking episode without doing that, without stammering. Uh, the Quiet Violent, the Complaints and Observations house band. They're not really the house band. That's just something I call them because they came up with that sweet-ass riff for the intro. Uh, I'm told new music coming soon, so keep your eyes peeled. The Quiet Violent, at The Quiet Violent on Instagram. Check it out. And then uh, they're on Spotify, too. Check them out. If you're into... I, like, I don't know what to call them. Like, do you... I don't know. Donnie, Donnie's better. Like, he'll be able to tell me, like, what kind of music specifically the band is. Like, it's rock music, but there's, you know, various sub-genres of, of rock, and it's one of them. Pop, punk, emo, whatever it is, I don't know. It's, it's probably neither. I'm probably way off. All I know is that I like it. It's good. And you should check it out. So hopefully in the coming weeks there'll be new music and we can... uh uh, we can have Don and Bob on uh, to talk about uh, the band, talk about the music, talk about whatever the fuck they want, you know? But that's it. Listen, as always, thank you for coming. Thank you for putting up with this bullshit for an hour. It is the world's worst podcast. And please, I ask, tell your friends, tell your moms, uh, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.